Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to worship. Thank you to the Women's Chorale for blessing us this morning with those amazing voices. I'm always so blessed when you guys come and sing in here. It feels like angels are present. So, and We're also really grateful for continuing to reflect on our theme of Be Not Afraid this year in the chapel. And grateful to Ben McEnroe, who will be sharing this morning with us. Also wanted to mention and welcome Sarah Schultz. Where'd she go? Oh, there you are. <laughs> who is down here visiting from PLTS. She works in admissions up there. So she's here talking to students to see if they are interested in seminary. So if you've ever had a remote interest, curious, or any questions, go and talk with Sarah. We gather in the name of God, God who receives our fear, God who replaces it with peace, God who gathers our anxiety and restores confidence. We gather in the name of God. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, we come to this place bringing all that we are to be with you. We are bold to ask many things of you. When our hearts are burdened, we ask for peace. When our hopes are frail and perhaps shattered, please rebuild and restore. When our fears suffocate our breath, Breathe your life back into us. When we have forgotten the sound of your voice, speak to us again in words that are clear and compassionate. Holy God, be with us now and always. Amen. Please be seated. Usually my pulpit includes about 120 sweaty young men and uh, wood lockers. It smells a lot nicer in here and uh, it, the view is a lot better. So, uh, My name is Ben McEnroe. I'm the head football coach. I'm also a class of 1993 proud alum of Cal Lutheran University uh, and I can't believe I'm standing here. <laughs> uh, in fact, I, I'm shocked that I haven't been struck by lightning yet. Uh, there's still time for that to happen, so just a warning for those of you up front, uh, heads up. So you've been warned now. My, my first memory of Samuelson Chapel was in late 1990. It was in early December 1990 on uh, my campus tour as a prospective student athlete. I was being recruited here to play football. Uh, I remember walking into this place through those doors and, and asking my tour guide specifically, it was just the two of us, uh, about where Leanne's sitting back there, if we could just sit down for a minute. And, and it was a rainy day, um, and I sat down right there and, and just kind of took this place in. Um, you know, I was, a, I was a junior college transfer. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen on a college campus. Uh, I stared at the windows. I looked at the craftsmanship of, of the woodworking, uh, the beautiful giant organ. I, I was just in awe of the place. And... Uh, so today sort of feels like my, my campus tour is coming full circle here. 
Uh, so thank you for this opportunity. It, it's something that, that means a lot to me and is very special to me. And it, it's really cool. I have my daughter's here today. She's a freshman. Uh, boy, things have changed a lot since 1990. <laughs> so in, in honor of the uh, early 1990s, really when my journey here began, I'm going to kick things off with a reading from the lyrics of my third favorite rock band uh, of my formative years, Metallica and their 1991 hit, Enter Sandman. Hush, little baby, don't say a word. And never mind that noise you heard. It's just the beasts under your bed, in your closet, in your head. We've all been there. Right? The premise of that song is about being a child. And that terrifying moment, right, when the lights go out and you're left alone in your bedroom with nothing but your thoughts. Right? And, and whether you're actually alone in that time is oftentimes you know, subject to uh, debate. Right? There's creaks, there's mysterious sounds, noises outside, dogs, animals, things touching your feet or your neck, right? uh, you know, imaginary bugs crawling on you, whatever it is. Okay? The dark can be a scary place. It can be a very scary place for children, especially in your mind. Right, how many of you can relate with that? I, I can relate with that. I, some of, you know, I, I don't have a great memory, but I can remember being scared in bed as a child sometimes, or waking up in the middle of the night for no reason, scared, alone, in the dark. Like I said, I, I'm a parent. I have one of my kids here today. Uh, she has an older sister who's taking a semester off and getting an in, she has an internship with Disney down in Orlando. She has a younger brother uh, who's in middle school. And especially when the, when the girls were younger, they tended to get scared pretty easily. You know, as kids, when the lights went out and mom and dad go downstairs for us, you know, we'd crash on the couch and have some green tea and watch some boring show on HGTV or something. But as a kid, you're, you're left alone with those thoughts as you try to get to sleep. So that's about when it would start with, with my girls especially. Daddy, turn on the hall light. Dad, can you come here for a second? I have a question for you. Or, Dad, where's that noise coming from? I, I swear I heard something over there. Right? Over and over, every night, it was the same thing. Something was in there. Something was in the dark. And it gets old running up and down those stairs. Okay? Especially after a long day at work or you know, having to make, say the same thing every night. It's okay. Let's, let's say a prayer. Let's do something to get your mind off of that. But it was my own dad, my, my father, who uh, provided a solution for me to give to my kids, and he worked through it with my, with my daughters. Um, and, and that solution came in the form of a scripture, right? It wasn't his solution. He just pointed it out to us. Uh, and, and per my old man's orders, you know, th this scripture was to be memorized by the girls. And when things got creepy and scary in the dark or at bedtime, he instructed them to repeat this scripture until their thoughts changed to more pleasant things. Right, and this, this mighty mind fix was found in, in 2 Timothy 1.7. It goes like this, depending on, on what translation. I didn't realize how many translations of the Bible there were. <laughs> so, so this is one of, one of many. For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Lo and behold, this formula worked. There were times my wife and I could hear these little voices, these little whispers coming from up the stairs in the bedroom in sort of a fast-paced, panic whisper, right? God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. 
God has not given me a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. All right, that's my dad's interpretation of it. But over and over, until they fell asleep, or more importantly, until they managed to take captive their thoughts and their fears and regain control of their mind. And that's where fear lurks, right? It lurks in our minds. There's an obscure book that, that I'm sort of three-quarters of the way through reading. I have a lot of books that I get about three-quarters of the way through, but I'm going to finish this one. <laughs> but it's called Outwitting the Devil, and it was written in 1938 by, by a gentleman by the name of uh, Napoleon Hill, who was sort of a self-help author. And it was written during the Great Depression, coming out of the stock market crash in, I think it was 29, and, and right, in the, right prior to World War II. But in this book, Napoleon Hill interviews the devil. Right, what a cool premise for a book. I mean, a great idea. But he sits down and, and stages an interview with Satan himself. Right, so imagine with me. And there were two questions that, that he asks the devil that really stood out to me as I prepared for today's talk. The first one was this. How do you gain controls or gain control of the minds of people? All right, and so for me, I see the devil's face kind of lighting up, right? He's like, okay, this one's right in my wheelhouse. I'll, I'll tell you. And he says, oh, that's easy. I merely move in and occupy the unused space of the human brain. I sow the seeds of negative thought in the minds of people so I can occupy and control the space. And so as the interviewer presses the matter with Satan, demanding more details, he asks the devil to describe his cleverest tricks for controlling our minds. Satan's response, one of my cleverest devices for mind control is fear. Think about that, that is so true. Let's keep it real, this interview probably didn't take place. Right? We, all, we all know that the only person on earth who could get that interview would be Oprah Winfrey. Right? <laughs> but she would probably have asked the same questions. And you know, now that we look at it, it it's so obvious. Right? It's so obvious. Fear has always been an inhibitor to human performance and to humans. In fact, so much so that the words fear not appear in the Bible 350 times, over 350 times. Fear is more prevalent today than any other time in my lifetime, that's for sure. Uh, so is depression, addiction, suicide, all those things. People are scared of everything and everybody, and it's a serious problem. I walk around campus, I stop at Starbucks, I have lunch in Ullman, uh, and since being asked to speak on this topic, I, I've kind of listened, listened in a little bit closer, right? And, and I've heard all of us, students, faculty, staff, uh, express fears, right? Fear of the future. Yesterday, I, I was walking around a little bit over at the Career Expo, the Career Services event, right? And I heard a lot of negativity talking about, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do, right? And we've all been there, okay? But fear of the future, fear of failure, fear of being alone, fear of embarrassment, right? Fear of circumstances. We've had a lot of bad things happen in this area lately, all right? You name it, fear is prevalent. As for me, I, I, my biggest fear is fear of failure. Right? My second, actually, my biggest fear is I'm scared of wood chippers. Right? <laughs> those, those giant like, things that they pull behind trucks. I'm scared to death of those things. I hate them. I'm scared of falling into one while it's on. Okay? I, I will literally cross a street to avoid a wood chipper, whether it's on or off, 
because there is no chance that thing sucking me in if I'm across the street, and I will avoid it. Um, there is, in my mind, there is always some catastrophic way that that thing is going to turn on automatically, suck me in, and that's the end of the road if I get too close to it. All right, so it's important for me to avoid wood chippers. Okay? But anyway, we're all works in progress, right? I'm here today to tell you that God has not programmed us to be afraid or to live in fear. We're given a choice. We're genetically coded with fight or flight mechanisms, but at the end of the day, we still have that choice for how we're going to respond. The human mind's an amazing, powerful place, powerful beyond our own comprehension. But what are we feel, filling it with? Fear or faith? What's driving our decision-making process? Fear or faith? When I was a college student, I was scared of my future. Right? I, how was I going to make a living? Who was going to hire me? What am I going to do with a history degree? <laughs> I always look at Chris. We, we turned out okay. All right? How was I going to afford to start a family or buy a house, find a job, all those things? I work in a profession where loss of job is pretty common, right? It's flavor of the week in my profession, right? But I've given all that up to God. It's in his hands. My future is in his hands. You know, I live in, live in peace now because I choose faith over fear. Faith is greater than fear, and it's liberating. Right? And it doesn't happen every day. I have my doubts, but most of the time I choose faith. I base my faith and the peace that comes with it on a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That, that's my belief. And that's what I cling to. And through this relationship, the choice of faith over fear is pretty clear. And through that choice, we become gifted with a spirit of power the scripture talked about, a spirit of love and the confidence that comes with a sound mind. Those are some pretty awesome tools to deal with today and to deal with life. That doesn't mean I don't get scared, that I don't get worried, I don't get stressed. Show up on a Saturday at one o'clock and I'm losing my mind. All right, but trust me, it happens. I've been given a formula to regain control of my thoughts. I waste very little time or energy on dealing with fear. Okay? It takes the power of God to fear not. He empowers us through his spirit with a sound mind. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. It's a great reminder. That's awesome stuff. Put it to work in your life. Give it a shot. My prayer for you is that you find this peace and that you live a life of fear not. Ever-present God, bring your fire. Consume our self-righteous demeanor. Eradicate our desire to be endlessly right. Seal us with the mark of your love, a love to be shared and deployed. Brand us with traits of compassion, holy hope, and fearless grace. In your name we pray. Amen. We go out with joy, the joy of God, God Almighty and all-merciful, freed from fear to love generously, bringing transformation and hope to the world. God bless you this day and always. Amen. I invite you to show the peace of love to one another.